हेलो एवरी वन एंड वेलकम टू द थिंकिंग आउट लाउड पॉडकास्ट द थिंकिंग आउट लाउड पॉडकास्ट फोकस इज ऑन थ्री इम्पॉर्टेंट एस्पेक्ट्स बिजनेस स्टार्टअप्स एंड कॉन्टेंट क्रिएशन थ्रू आर पैनल मेम्बर्स वी आर ट्राइंग टू डीमिस्टिफाई द स्टार्टअप इको सिस्टम द बिजनेस इको सिस्टम एंड द कॉन्टेंट क्रिएशन इको सिस्टम अक्रॉस द कंट्री थ्रू आर कॉन्वर्जेशन वी आर ट्राइंग टू सी सम सॉर्ट ऑफ इंटीग्रेशन दैट इज देयर विद इन दीज थ्री एस्पेक्ट्स एंड हेल्प आर ऑडियंस अंडरस्टैंड दीज थ्री एस्पेक्ट्स इन अ मोर डीपर एंड रिफाइंड वैनर Tune in to our episodes to understand more insights from these three aspects across the Indian ecosystem. For the 13th episode of Thinking Out Loud podcast, we have with us Avnish Anand. Avnish currently serves as the CEO of Carrot Lane, which is a Tata Group company. Avnish completed his undergrad from ISI and then moved on to IIM Lucknow for his MBA. Avnish was the founding member and employee number one of Carrot Lane. our conversation avnish talks about his life at isi about iim about how he moved from the corporate to the startup ecosystem during a time when startups were not so common he started his own sports blog as well left carrot lane again came back to join as coo talks about how he handles hiring at carrot lane and everything about the jewelry industry this has been an insanely crazy episode for us to take a deep dive into an industry that is not so common and not so sexy with that let's dive in to the 13th episode of thinking out loud podcast with avnish anand hey avnish thank you so much for joining us on the thinking out loud podcast we are super super stoked to have you here just a short intro about avnish and what he has done in life so avnish has done his undergrad from isi that is the indian statistical institution there on he moved on to iim lucknow for his mba after iim lucknow he has had various stints with some of them being at organizations like standard chartered he was a founder of carrot lane then moved out of carrot lane had a brief stint where he started up on his own again rejoined carrot lane Was promoted to the position of a CEO and now currently serves as one of the co-founders at Carrot Lane. Uh, thank you so much, Avnish, for taking out time and joining us for the Thinking Out Loud podcast. It's an honor to have you here. Uh, thank you, Samat. It's equally a pleasure for me to be here, and uh, thank you, like I said, for having me. Thank you. So, uh, Avnish, you know, just to start off with, right? from isi to iim that's that's not a trajectory that we see many people take right because isi in itself is a very difficult institution to crack so how did that happen like how did that entire journey flow through see i'll tell you uh, the place that i grew up and i come from right i come from ranchi which is now jharkhand earlier bihar Correct. so grew up you know there were uh, you either could go and become an engineer or become a doctor or write the civil services exam right then, uh, one of my cousins got into iim right so then that became another career choice uh, so those were things which were always on your mind uh, so even uh, so i think i was uh, lucky in the sense that i got into isi uh, i had no interest in engineering i wanted to get into iit because i thought it was a place which had so many smart people so it would be good to go there right. but eventually i always wanted to either write the civil services exam or to get into 
a place to do a mba essentially uh, that was always the at least in my head because you had a lot of role models like that in your life that i had cousins who were either or other family members who were either gone into the civil services or had gotten into iim etc uh, obviously it was not like a fixed thing I, so uh, even at isi i often thought about pursuing you know offer the specialization either in economics or something uh often times i have been fascinated with the prospect of teaching right those the player but you know i'll also be honest that uh, i also in a way took the easy way out because at isi i realized that i thought i was good at maths or whatever but there were people who were so much more smarter than me so much better than me and i also realized that i was not cut out for academia in the sense that rigor and the discipline which is needed for that i did not have that uh, so i would actually say that that was equally like there were two plan one a one b uh, right and and still also uh, i took plan one b because i knew i was not plan one a was not going to work i still intended to write civil services exam someday but then again once you started working i realized that okay, this is good enough so essentially there was always like a already a position to get into iim or get do an mba essentially and you know the people who had gone into uh, there was there were a few people who had gone that route from isi earlier very few obviously right. earlier going into research and academy and now a lot of them actually work in the industry also because suddenly data science etc has become such a big thing they all actually went into finance hardcore mm. and they did really well in that uh, that was my plan also initially but again when i got into uh, iml uh, initially that was the plan to study finance and i had a i have a specialization in finance but i was terrible at it you know i right it, i almost didn't pass the course because i was so bad at it uh i made you realize that you were not cut out for that so i think overall you know the learning from this was that you should not jump to career choices too early in life right because uh, you don't know what you're going to be good at what you're going to really enjoy doing um, and in fact there's a term in adam grant's book uh, i forget the term right now that often you know our environment the family uh, people you grow up with kind of put you into the situation that you make choices very early which is a very bad thing to do uh, i was very lucky that i kept making these choices and i kept changing my mind and i finally found something which i think where you know everything kind of fell in place makes sense makes sense so you know just to double click on uh, two particular points there right um like you know so isi again like you said was more focused on academia and research right where wherein whereas i am lucknow was uh, more management oriented right so how was a you know the crowd at isi very like different from i am lucknow and secondly in today's day and age right people are very very you know vocal about iims right how was it say 20 years back right because you graduated i think in 2003 if i'm not wrong so how was the whole iim uh, aura or ecosystem if i may say so at that point in time versus it is today so first your first question i think uh, back then 
the large majority in ISI would go into research. They would go right. to the people, get into academia. Many of them would go into jobs, but I think the general industry had not warmed up to the skills which ISI graduates brought. Right, uh, things like data science or statistical modeling, etc. The application of that was not very popular, so a lot of people would go into say six sigma roles or even IT jobs back then. Right, but I think. i would say actually from my batch when my fellow classmates uh, finished their masters and started passing out from that time on just placements went into another level and now because there are so many great opportunities available for psi graduates but there is always a problem of more opportunities and less supply that right. now smart people go into various industry roles banks analytics insurance actuarial science etc etc They obviously are doing really, really well. Uh, so, but the mindset at that time was still largely research. Got it. Uh, uh, at that point in time, you know, there were people who had even gotten into IIT, but they came to ISI because they were really, you know, they wanted to study pure, मतलब apply, not applied maths also pure maths. Correct. And I tell you, it's really hard. It's not what we study in school. Correct. Correct. The IIM, जो concerned हूँ, obviously, all a lot of us. That was a time when the large majority would still be fresh graduates and not even people with experience correct uh, which has obviously changed a lot now i think now finding a fresher would be a rarity right most people would be people with experience and that the one big change that does is that you know a person with experience has far more clarity on what they want to learn what they want to do uh, they are more serious about things because they are many of them are paying their fees in my case my dad paid my fees <laughs> so for us you know it was almost as if we got out of one hostel and moved into another hostel right. and uh, people were very driven and very motivated which i think is the case right now but back then i think there were again uh, you know it was still like a college where my people wrote case studies and they participated in competitions but it was still more key or studying to get a good job i think today it's changed so much there are so many things to do on campus today as compared to what we had back in our time because you know the whole startup scene has exploded right we, uh, want to uh, start out while they are still in college or immediately after that uh, that's one big change people want to work in startups right they want to get different experiences right now so they try more things the kind of courses they take and i also feel that you know the whole placement logic while still largely placements happen through the placement process i see a lot of people reaching out we have people like me directly uh, with an interest to work in this kind of companies i think people have taken at least i would say a large number as compared to our time they have kind of taken control of their own destiny that what they want to do uh, and not just depend on the placement because obviously there are not so many new roles also right this a thing called product management which didn't even exist back then right that's an exciting thing to do right if you are in college Um, different types of organizations also today. So I think those are things which have changed. We were very limited in our worldview. You know, I sometimes think about it. That you know, after the first semester, I realized that I could not. You, you know, everybody who goes to an IIM thinks that I'm going to be in the top 25 or top 50, and I'll get the best placement. Correct. A lot of them realize after the first midterm of the first trimester itself that boss, it's not going to happen. Some of them still keep fighting. Some of them give up. I was in the right. group with, 
So once you give up, try to have a lot of time because you are no longer trying to get a great grade. Realize that boss, I can't win this race. So Correct. Whether one seventieth in a class of two forty or two hundred, it doesn't matter. Uh, but you know, I, I if I was a student now, even if I had not focused so much on academics, there were so many other things to do. Uh, you know, people do life projects, but we were just having a good time after that. I, <laughs> a lot would have been different uh, today makes sense i think i can draw parallels with it because i graduated last year from iim kodikode so i can completely understand uh, the top 5 percentile of the batch who is just wanting to study and the remaining 95 is doing something but i think the prime difference is at at your time when you were at l i think there were not so many options beyond the curriculum but now i think there are a plethora of options which are much more than the curriculum outside the piece right um so you know uh, just to come back to your college experience right although you you had some sort of inclination towards finance i think your first job uh, straight out of campus was as an asm uh, with onida right so did you yes yeah so did you do marketing in college which is why you know i did marketing and finance we had the option to take make two specializations so the first choice was actually finance i don't know all the hardcore finance subjects okay uh, and the second choice was marketing because you had to have a second choice so i, I was not interested in supply chain or ops or in hr so the only other option could have been uh, i don't know i think that was that that was the only option in my head at least which i think i could have taken so i took marketing more from that but while i was in college only i started to realize that uh, i was not the person who would do well in finance so much right uh, so from in that sense i had i had become open to the idea that i will do uh, something which i uh, get into uh, and actually for after a while uh, towards the end you just take it okay let me just get a nice job and uske baad we see because you know there was no precedence right in the sense you you didn't have any examples ki how do people Uh, you know, they get jobs outside of placement. Uh, you just knew that okay, we'll get into some place, and from there we'll see how it goes. Right. Uh, Abhi, I think it's a lot different. I think it's a lot easier. In some way, you just put your CV on Nokri and you prayed that somebody would call you. <laughs> Now, I think Nokri is the constant that has still been here um, from that time to this time. Um, but you know, uh, just to take one step back, right? So if 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 I Uh, see your career progression till you know you where you moved on to carrot lane for the first time it's more to do with sales sales and marketing right so i just wanted to understand that from uh, sales marketing across various industries how did carrot lane happen given that you were employee number 1 and a uh, part of the founding team right so how how did that uh, entire process work so to say so i tell you uh... like i said right uh, uh growing had been given a sense of what a good life means right right uh, so even after doing your mba the good life at least the idea which i had was that you know if you work for an mnc bank or mm. if you work for an mnc organization which was nice then that was a good place to be in. so initially when i got in i joined stancy i thought i had now reached this place 
but very soon i realized it was i was not enjoying it at all uh, then i thought that i should get out of sales and get into a slightly different role so i joined dupont and they had this india tech leadership program where you were going to work on the strategic projects and uh, do you know build businesses in india uh, based on dupont's products so i thought ki now i've got to this awesome place this is a great role supposed to be a great organization which it is no doubt about that but no uh, there i reached a stage no where i was actually uh, very jobless you you know typical us organization types ki right okay but nobody would call you weekends are free so thoda kuch kuch you did some work and then you realize ki things were also move very slowly right you would have this right. strong global leadership and global counterparts and bahut sari baat hoti thi but very little you know it was not like this most aggressive organization to go after stuff correct and at the same time what happened that my wife and my best friend both had joined bharatmatrimony.com got it i would see what they would do and i would feel ki inka kaam bahut hi exciting hai and so interesting right right uh, because fundamentally you know you talk about ki customer aise kar raha hai we are changing this we are targeting them like this we are making this plan we want to open this business and that was also the time that i started blogging hmm. so i have also started to notice the power of the internet directly right what it could do so i used to be very fascinated that at least by their work and by the internet and at the same time was i equally super bored at work you know i was you had kind of got and a lot of my colleagues over there were like that who had been in dupont all their life and they were very happy and you know it was this classic place ki you traveled and you went abroad and you had these meetings internationally and everybody felt ki oh wow we went to this country and you stayed in five star hotels and all so a lot of people around me would feel great about it ki ha to bahut acche se set ho gaya sab but i would feel ki as it can't go on for 20 years like this right and i could see ki are these people are doing such exciting work right i would you know my wife would work on saturdays i would be at home uh, and i would feel ki inke paas itna sara kaam and they are always chasing these deadlines and this and i we were comfortable right um, i don't think the work pressure was also so great so I, that was when i was thinking okay let me try something else But I was also not sure what to do. Right. Uh, and at that time, you know, I think in the most, uh, you know, and that's how serendipity happens. I think that somebody said, okay. Uh, uh, so I had also been always be very fascinated by the retail business. Right. Uh, I would have wanted to get into retail. You tried a few places, but nothing worked out actually. Uh, so I, somebody calls and says, okay, there is a company being set up, and they. Want to create a team, and they want to meet. So I asked them, "What is the industry?" They said retail. Actually, they didn't tell me anything. But I was wondering, "Ki are uh, you know?" I will go there, and they will say, "Ki ye experience nahi hai," because whatever they were thinking, he didn't tell me what. I think he told me retail, or I don't even remember whether he told me uh, that or not. So I said, "Okay, I'll go." Okay. Then on the day of the interview, he says, "Are you going or not?" I said, "I have decided not to go. It will be a waste of time for them and for me. No point in going." He says that you go, they don't have any hang-up. They will look at your experience and say it's not relevant. They are very open. They just want good pedigree. This is the word he used. And you have all of that, and they are very keen to meet you. 
तो आई सेट की बॉस नाउ दैट स्कूल लेट इट्स लाइक 15 मिनट्स लेफ्ट आई कांट इवन मेक इट ही सेड डोंट बॉदर इट्स जस्ट अक्रॉस द रोड एक्चुअली ऐसी बात है तो ठीक है लेट मी गो सो आई गो देयर आई मीट वन ऑफ द फाउंडर्स हु वांटेड टू स्टार्ट दिस सो मिथुन गोपाल स्टार्टेड दिस कंपनी गोपाल वाज द टेक पर्सन मिथुन वाज द वन हु ब्रॉट इन द ज्वेलरी एक्सपर्टीज सो आई मीट गोपाल वी हैव अ लॉन्ग कन्वर्सेशन बट ही डिडंट टेल मी अबाउट द बिजनेस देन आल्सो but i said theek hai ab let's see what happens then they make set up a interview with mithun so i go there i'm in the you know the conference room waiting there's a person of my age almost my age who standing there i casually ask him ki tum bhi interview ke liye aao kya he says yes but i am here to take the interview so then i oh my god it's not the best way to get started correct correct uh, and then you know with gopal ji the interview with gopal was all about the resume with mithun we didn't speak anything about the resume so he, he in fact he saw the sports blogging part so we spoke about sports a lot and there was something else he spoke about a lot i don't remember what but nothing to do with work and nothing to do with jewelry or retail or any such thing but i just we had a good conversation i liked him ki ha you know this familiarity principle right i liked that he was also so interested in sports then they told me about the business so then i was like uh, so you know in my head right i wanted to get out of dupont because i wanted to do something more interesting i liked what my wife and my best friend would do uh, there was always already obviously that risky a jewelry business this is 2007 yeah. or even 2008 there's no uh, amazon or flipkart also in this country so obviously i had a little apprehensive ki kya intervene to what to ask them right so as my friends So, I asked them how much money they have. So, I asked them. They said, "We have. Yeah, you want to know how much is enough, right? Then you generally ask them some questions to feel that how much business is done here. But and then you say, okay, you finally uh, said, you know, there were hardly any people who had worked in startups. Right? Who do you ask also? Correct. My wife was very supportive in the sense she said, "Okay, guys, you are not enjoying this, and if you feel you want to do this, then do it." And no, I, I by nature, I am somebody who enjoys. doing new stuff or interesting stuff a lot so even i was i was almost acting irrationally ki i didn't know anything about jewelry or the jewelry industry but just because it was a startup and you have to build something from scratch and it was internet and you said ki ye karte hain right and you would not get a chance like that otherwise right? the other way to do it would have been to start something on your own right right and in everything i thought ki this is at least a better situation they have an idea they have people so and you still get to do something everything from the beginning uh so uh, uh so that was like i why i had irrational exuberance for this opportunity then i actually my parents also played a big role they said hey, what is worst thing which will happen after 6 months they might say ki ab band ho gaya we will support you then so that you don't have to worry about it so then i thought ki ha theek hai it's like there is a lot of upside ki it will be interesting and there is some downside if it doesn't work but i think we can live with that downside and that's how carnetlin happened and uh, the other thing is that you know they plan to hire four people as the founding team right and, uh, they were obviously interviewing other people like me in the end nobody joined <laughs> i think i would ask them like baki log kab aaye and they would say ha we are interviewing and then they said boss nobody wants to join because they feel it is too risky or they think if the risk is so much that they would ask for crazy money which they are not yeah. willing to 
सो देन दैट वॉज ऑल्सो लाइक थोड़ा सा रियालिटी चेक ओ डिड आई मेक द राइट चॉइस माई दिस एवरी वन बट ठीक है by that time i had already started working on building the business and i was enjoying it uh you know every day you would go talk to my phone work on things so in that way it was i was kind of you know feeling happy with what i was doing although it was not very a lot at that time so isliye sir theek hai let's see understood i think you know that that gives a lot of perspective right uh so i had you know two follow up questions to this um firstly like you rightly mentioned at that time startup as a phrase also i don't think was existing right like we leave apart the whole concept so how uh, you know i mean how was it working at a startup again in an industry which was very uh, unheard of at that point and uh, how uh, you know how different was carrot lane in your first stint versus a second stint because initially when you started off i think it was at that 0 to 1 stage right but when you rejoined it would have been in the 100 to 1000 or the 1000 to 10000 stage so how was that a difference see uh, a first question yeah you know people think that uh, startup hai jewelry hai it would be hard to find customers correct so what was harder than finding customers finding employees <laughs> right nobody wanted to join only in any role correct bahut din hum log bahut try kiye then we said boss we need people so even if we can't get the ideal kind of people we want that hiver is ready to at least come right second while mithun new jewelry gopal new about technology nobody knew fully how to build a business and all the right choices right in a way you know like uh, any task which had to be done mm-hmm. because any experts right so i had to literally like learn and do it so i became a product manager without having any expertise on this just by saying acha acha theek hai let you used to look at a lot of other websites and say ha we should do it like this and uh, you writing the product document etc you just wrote it based on your common sense there was no other way to do it uh, so that was how it was back then right and uh, but the good thing was that uh, you know we were uh, i think because we were uh, not in this race ki we had raised money and we were under some pressure and we wanted to just unnecessarily grow fast so we were not rushing into things also you know making Wrong choices. We were very clear that we have to build a business, right? So, my nobody knew that there was a concept of valuation, etc. So that was a mm. good thing. So we wanted. We were very clear that we have to build a business, right? It should make money and all. Uh, as a startup, the other big problem was that there was no ecosystem. Yeah. And getting a payment gateway was so hard. I can't tell you. We finally had to give a bank a fixed deposit so that they allowed us to have a gateway. Okay. uh courier partners everything used to be like one mega task and a mega difficult thing to do <laughs> so i think that 2007 to 2010 wala period no was difficulty at another level it was i would almost say it was too early right yeah so wait sit all day ki aaj koi customer phone karega literally like that so no, while we were an online business but a lot of customers to be had right Uh, if there were a customer from Chennai, for example, 
showed some interest. I would not even say customer. Somebody just showing interest. I would often go to their house and also convince them to buy. You know, that you go, I will show you. My pricing is great, and so you were that desperate. I would. I still have some of these old emails. I would all family friends. I would to literally badger them. Yeah, you should try. You know, it's great, and our pricing is great, and the designs are great. So there was, you know, and today there is a playbook, right? If you start, there is there are so many people to learn from, right? Kesika. Yeah. उस समय there was nothing to learn from. You know, there was a, those were the days of Rediff and India Times. So you know, you didn't run into startups and founders all over the place. In fact, it used to be a very hard thing to even tell people क्या करते क्या. Correct. So first experience though was another level of frustration and. You know, you would often wonder, "Ki yar, you know, later, ki did I make the right decision? Mother, how will this work?" Right, right. Then, like nobody wants to join, nobody wants to ship your products, nobody wants to give you a bad payment gateway. People don't want to buy. Mother, is it like really ever going to happen or not? So, the first stint was really hard. You know, at one stage, you also started a B two B business. Because these uh, diamond suppliers, right. they will not entertain you. That your so buying is so low. We need a certain. Uh, where do we get that buying? I mean, the business of the start was. So we started a B two B business so that we could increase our buying, and also for some cash flow. Correct. When I came back to Carrollton, things are obviously much different. Tiger had invested. We had crossed hundred crores of revenue. There were more processes, more people. we had our own website our own tech team in place so but at that time the problem was ki how do we go from 100 to the next 200 500 crores five more customers cap was out of place you know from a pnl point of view we were not in a great shape obviously that was a time when the losses were very high yeah was a different at least but wahan pe na we had employees there were some customers at least we had a starting point so it was Uh, a different kind of problem at that point in time, and you know, while I, uh, I think the good thing was because I went and worked in an internet company at Times Internet. At least, waha, I learned some things from people who knew that. So, at least, I brought back some skills which were useful in Carolines context. Makes sense. So, you know, uh, because you spoke about the customer angle, right? So, essentially, I believe Carolines started with. primarily an online digital business but now it's more omni channel in nature if i'm not wrong so jewelry is something that people you know have a very trust issue in right like till the time we don't yes. hold it in the hand people won't have that uh, buying uh, mentality that ye kharidne ka hai so how were you able to get that customer mindset shift right that even though it's online even though it's digital we will purchase it right like was it a positioning wherein you wanted the average retail consumer as well to get a uh, part of the jewelry or like how was it see uh, one i would say ki all the problems which or all the friction or challenges which stop a customer from buying online yeah i will say we still haven't solved it fully for all types of customers across the country correct yeah and there are you know uh, i always say this that uh, buying online is like a hurdle race 
you have to jump across some 10 12 hurdles and you could trip at any one of them and if you trip then your race is over makes sense so, from trust and you know trust comes from not just certification but you know the trust is key my family has been buying from this jeweler so i trust them you cannot replicate that trust right tanish may you know it's a tata brand so there is a trust right trust exactly right? uh then there is a problem ki aapka gold pure hai ki nahi and right how will it look on me what if i don't like it i have to give it to somebody will the delivery happen properly you know there were those were the times where people would even worry if i make an online payment will the money go somewhere and you know there used to be this term called fly by night operators there were a lot of frauds also back then right you this website is there you buy but nothing comes and you know no you don't even know where they are and where to go and complain right physical establishment so you know bit by bit we have solved many of these but i don't think it's been solved in a way that uh, they have been solved perfectly for everybody when when i say everybody means you know you and i could be very advanced internet users who buy a lot so we are very comfortable but has it been solved for say my father who lives in ranchi no so you know, then you can't really say that we have solved it fully Um, and uh, you know, uh, the second point which I want to make now is that our focus was very clear. That we have to improve experience and we have to improve conversion. Correct. So whatever we do, whatever is needed to do that, we will keep doing it. So we never said one day, okay, let's become an omni-channel company. Hmm. We said that we need stores to improve conversion. So let us open a store and see if conversion improves or not. or let's do try at home and see if conversion gets better or not let's change the policy and see if conversion gets better or not let's change the image and see if conversion gets better or not let's right. try virtual try on and see conversion gets better or not everything was done with the sole purpose of saying isse conversion improve hota hai and experience improve hota hai nahi right so this whole journey you know in the last i would say 15 years has that is like our key <coughs> guiding principle ki let's do everything to see if your conversion and experience improves or not and also sometimes you will say is the scale improve hota hai ya nahi got it got it so uh, avish like currently right the way the business is is it something which is 50 50 that you get 50% of the business from online and 50% offline or the enable like Omni channel or the offline bit, which started as an enabler, is now having a majority share. See, uh, if I have to answer this question, uh, I would say that uh, the number of customers who interact with at least two uh, touch points mm-hmm. would happen for eighty percent of our business. Got it. uh the share of business from an online offline point of view if you count customers or orders would possibly be uh i think 75 25 possibly makes or sense 72 28 something like that but the other metric which is important is that almost 85% of people who walk into our stores and buy have done their research on our website or our app before they do that makes sense right the question was always ki is a conversion या इंक्रीमेंटल बिजनेस हो रहा है 
So if you ask, you know, what do we optimize for? There was a time when we used to separately opt- have an online marketing team and they would only optimize sessions for online conversion. And then there would be a retail marketing team which will be focused on key footfall lana hai and get store conversion. But we realized it was very inefficient and it was a wrong way to do it. Because, you know, both people would try and say, you online, you don't have store, you don't have store, you don't have online. So then that doesn't help. You know, in fact, we have also seen that there are some Sometimes there will be a pin code or catchment where once you open a store, somebody who is buying online also will start going to a store sometimes. But now we are saying it doesn't matter. Our job is that if 100 people come to our website, let's make more and more of them convert. Right. How they convert, it doesn't matter as long as the conversion gets better. And you know, the thing is that it's very wrong to just think of online, offline. Hmm. The Think about it is that all these things, how they all keep increasing your conversion. Makes because, sense. you know, the whole world just thinks online and on, offline and omni. So that is the way they can look at this business. But, you know, there are other questions also, which is that how does your 24-hour delivery increase your conversion? That is another lever we have invested a lot in. But because people don't see that, right, as a method of driving conversion, they just ask the store, what is it? Correct. We are opening warehouses all over the place to make sure that inventory availability is much better, replenishment is better, but that is a question nobody will ask, right? Because they don't right. see the number of conversion. A lot of changes in our policies, right? To do the same thing. Uh, so, uh, it's a very narrow view, right? Because people don't understand, but net-net it is about everything is a means to this larger end, which is higher conversion, better experience and obviously more revenue and more profitability. Makes sense. Makes sense. So just Avish, one last question on the carrot lane bit before we move to the conclusion, right? And I think this is a question that will stay pertinent with the industry carrot lane is how do you optimize for hiring in this industry? Because again, the sheer niche of the industry is is something that, uh, you know, you don't find much talent regarding that. So how do you go about optimizing for hiring in this space? See, uh, if you uh, think about it, uh, we are like a, a company with, with many mini companies. Okay. In the sense that you think about it, that there's a whole retail organization, right? Or the even the online and try at home sales teams. Yeah. There we are hiring and building a large sales organization. Obviously, there a lot of people come from the jewelry industry only, although we are now hiring from non-jewelry backgrounds and a lot of freshers also. We have started our own training academy to train freshers to become our jewelry consultants. Mm -hmm. So, they have a certain approach, right? Now, you think about uh, marketing, product management and technology people. There, there is no jewelry expertise needed. We have hired from a jewelry background. It's not needed Mm -hmm. also. There, what we in fact do is that we get, you know, you get the best person for this role and then we make sure that they learn about jewelry enough. So one thing we are very, very particular about that, you know, you can be a product guy and say, Ki, to ye feature banana, how does it matter if I know enough jewelry or not? But everybody has to know about jewelry. Everybody who joins has to go through a mandatory sales stint. They have to spend time in the stores or spend time selling so that they all learn about the customer and the product enough. The product meaning the jewelry product. Right. About some other roles, right? Now you 
think about jewelry design merchandise category management there again the experience is important got it there is expertise needed on the jewelry but even there we have hired a lot of people from non jewelry background also mm-hmm. so some principles right like how you order inventory how you look at the funnel from a category point of view those things you know if you are good at it you will learn so we don't over index on the familiarity with the category too much possibly you know even in design we do a lot of fresher hiring people from nid nift etc etc right what have done only jewelry design but as long as they are good at their work we feel ki they can learn the industry but how hard is it if you think about it i never knew anything about jewelry right we have all come here and learned so we don't worry too much about it except for some very very specific roles uh where that expertise you know for, for a design head we obviously need somebody from a jewelry background then again some of our supply chain and uh, fulfillment logistics also a lot of people have come from non jewelry background but some very very specific roles we take people who are from the jewelry industry but you know if you add all of this up right all these mini organizations with mini cultures you would notice that very few of them may we are so particular that we need people from a jewelry background so therefore you don't constrain yourself ki you know because if you wanted people who also knew the you know say how to run an omni business right and had jewelry background where will you hire from those people don't exist only correct so i said i want a product manager with jewelry background where will you get a person like that makes sense correct correct so i think uh, we don't over index on familiarity with the category i think you spend enough time you will learn and we make sure that you have to learn <laughs> but i think we make sure that you focus on functional capabilities and generally your fitment with the culture your other you know aptitude and attitude for the role and so in that sense it's not been such a hard thing although what we have also done is that over the years we realized it was hard to hire right we are not such a cool industry because ek to jewelry hai dusra ki we don't get a valuation done every year to say ki we are now a unicorn or a whatever corns are out there correct uh, we will never say ki we have a very cool office and we have this <laughs> in the on fridays we have a bar counter there and also a lot of young people still get fascinated by those things we tell them we want to become profitable so they feel are what is this types when i thought the company are not so sexy in that sense which a lot of young people crave and we have also seen that you know this you know you were asking about the iim right actually i struggle to hire from a lot of elite schools today because you know those people just come with a certain elitist entitlement right we hire from a lot of uh, you know and we were also struggling that you know those people would come in uh, and i'll give you a specific example about product management we were actually having a big problem because a lot of these people know for them carrot lane was a stepping stone to get into one of the fang companies right right and you're worried ki main apna cv value kaise badha raha hu right am i building cool features on ml ai rather than actually solving the real customer problem which we have and there was a lot of a gap in what expectation they had and what we were doing so then we said ki boss we can't hire these people let's get people who love what we do actually you know who want to solve these kind of problems so then in the last two years you know we have hired all kinds of product people and very few of them with actual 
pedigree product backgrounds or pedigreed schools and we have seen that this actually works better for us these people are a lot of them are more curious they are willing to learn the categories spend more time with customers they are motivated by the purpose or the goals which we have so actually what we have done is to hack that path you no know, you almost i'm a big fan of the moneyball approach yeah so i have we have tried to take some of those principles right that you change the hiring proxies because if i hire for the same proxies everybody is hiring for which means top school top company and you have to pay top money and then it becomes a different game altogether instead you say okay we'll look at freshers okay or we'll look at people from so we have got two people in the product team who are actually jewelry designers who have done one of them has done a you know a course and become a product manager we have one girl who's a studied psychology i think so we have that kind of people with that kind of background now okay and they all do a great job we have people who have internally promoted into product roles there's one guy who was the triad home tele sales team who's now gone through the journey of now becoming a product manager so we have worked on hacking that part Correct. how do we not pay for the proxies which everybody is trying to use how do we find our own proxies which work for us makes sense fair i think that gives a really great insight in terms of how to internally optimize for resources already there right um so you know get, being privy of your time avnish just moving to the conclusionary portions of the conversation right and this is something that we asked all our guests a um, what is financial freedom according to you and uh, b what books podcasts uh, newsletters blogs etc you read to keep yourself up skilled right because you have mentioned that whatever you are or wherever you are it's more by trying experimenting learning and reading so these two questions a uh, the sexy answer to financial freedom is that you know freedom means being able to do whatever you want right so for me again that would mean freedom truly but i also think that you know i really love what i do correct uh, and i get paid to do that right <laughs> actually not seeking that freedom correct so i think that uh, but at the same time you know if i was not getting paid to do this and i would have a problem uh, because i am not financially free in that sense that i don't need any money right right you know whether you will ever have money uh, and enough money that you can say i can stop working right i will retire at 30 retire i you know i have actually met very few people who have done that so i don't even know whether it happens or not whether people are actually able to do that or not and you know somewhere while i don't want that money should make uh, decide the choices which i have to do but i also feel no that do you want to reach a stage where you don't want to be pushing yourself because you have these other needs in your life also that you need to make money uh, you know if not for your basic needs but just to feel that yes you are still you know because if you think about it from an economical point of view right you get paid because you do something valuable correct you want to be in a state that you are not doing anything valuable so you don't make money right you take so if not for your basic needs or your financial needs but you still want to be making money because that tells you that you are doing something which is valuable right so uh, but yes 
financial freedom obviously means that you know if you didn't make any money also your all your needs are taken care of right financial freedom i'm saying uh in the sense that you don't have to worry about your kids future or, or if any medical illness or anything happens or day to day expenses whatever you want to do travel etc etc if you have enough money that all of that is taken care of i think that technically is a definition of financial freedom but i think that freedom if i take the word financial out of it is the you know to do what you love i think is freedom right with your time and whatever you do and i don't think that uh, you know not working is a sign of financial freedom there is right. enough to do while you are working it depends on what you want to do right what makes you happy makes so, sense i think that uh, that is the answer for me tomorrow i might say i'm not interested in caroline anymore because of ye ho gaya i might want to do something else but i might still be making money from it and not you know so that money will will not define freedom but if i enjoy that more than i if i can do what i what i now like more than caroline and if i can do that then i feel i'm free from that point of view uh, but you know suppose i don't want to do caroline i'm still make do it for example then i know okay i'm not free free yes absolutely if i want to do caroline but i'm forced to do something else again i will not be free correct you know i have never met other than some very few people people who say i don't have to work at all because i made so much money i also don't know whether i want that makes sense want to be a you know a prisoner of your uh, material need so that you have to you know you do things which you don't want to do but as long as you enjoy your work and you're making enough money to live peacefully i think that is fine so right I, uh, to answer your second question i think you know growing up and in college we hardly had a lot of books as in we only read fiction once in a while there used to be a cricket book like sunny day etc which used to be i think from the malcolm gladwell period i really i think this whole genre of non fiction or self improvement books really took off and then so i think i read all kinds of things and i'll give you an example i think i have learned everything from i think 80% of what i know today i've learned by reading a book and then getting the chance to practice it in caroline or otherwise and you know i think uh, what if i have to give one piece of advice on reading or actually more than one piece of advice because i really think that reading is the best thing which anybody can do to get better and uh, i pain people to start reading almost so is that you know you need to have a real width right even if you want to learn about leadership don't just read leadership books read about i can tell you one of the best books which i have read about both culture and leadership is a book about changes khan this hmm. book so that's the point i'm trying to make that you know there is so much to learn from other areas right the if you are familiar with the concept of range there's a book by that name in fact most of the time i'll be quoting you something from a book so i think that you should read to increase your range you know you should read enough so that you can there is this thing called synaptic reading or synaptic learning right where you start to connect concepts from different books and you can start to see common patterns that is when you really know that yes your understanding is becoming good enough so i think there are there is no shortage of books which have influenced me a lot and uh, i can totally 
give credit to a lot of books which i've really really learned from you know in fact a lot of my learning has come from sports books correct i am a big sports fan i would say uh, i don't play so much but i follow a lot of sports very deeply and i've read a lot of books you know in fact a lot of my best uh, understanding about the prince concepts of team and culture and ownership and leadership has come from examples from sports mm-hmm. as i told you about moneyball right yeah another example from sports is this team called the san antonio spurs there is so much to learn from them you know about organizational alignment again their own principles uh, so that those things i have learned a lot from obviously then you supplement books with a lot of podcasts yeah you talk to people i think i am i would um, call myself an over curious person because always you know 50 windows open where i'm googling something because i read something and i want to know a little more so in a way google also has helped a lot by answering some of those questions which i've had by reading something so there is this you know i i don't know what is the term for it but i do this a lot if you start from something then you get out to another thing which is connected then another one another and then you get some understanding of that often i also so one thing which i think you know more than saying ki okay this particular area i have to get better at and you read 10 books about it i think in my case no i have just read 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 a lot and then at any point in time when i have wanted to uh, understand something better now i found that some of the books which i read in the past for a different reason but there are certain things from that which you could use today right and ka book i was not reading it so okay let me learn changes leadership principle you was read it because he is such an interesting character in history but you know when you were thinking of say creating fairness in the organization then you just remember that you know he created one of the most fair um, structures right where there was no religious discrimination there was no gender discrimination there was no caste or any other discrimination and everything was on merit right right and he was not even an educated person but he, and that is why he was able to create such a powerful mighty empire which you know stood the test of time so i think reading uh, you should do you know like a whole breadth of reading if you are a marketing person you should read about psychology you should read about anthropology uh, you should read about design you should read about uh, uh, you in fact uh, you should read about you should you know uh, for the longest time i uh, stopped reading fiction because i thought non fiction was great and then i realized that you know actually you learn about emotions and empathy by reading fiction so i started reading fiction again uh, so i can go on and on about books there is no end to it right uh, and uh, so yeah i think i've read a lot and that has really helped me uh, and again there are some podcasts also which i listen to frequently there are some blogs which i read but i also am biased towards books because i feel that you know reading a book as compared to reading something digitally right when you're more distracted and which is a smaller piece of content reading a book is more meditative it also leads to a deeper understanding of the subject uh you know a lot of people complain ki this book mein the same concept was repeated multiple times but i feel that you know they are actually putting the concept through different scenarios and seeing if the theory holds in all of those scenarios which means it's a more robust scenario so don't say ki they are repeating the same thing that's how i look at it uh and 
I also tell people that you know if you read a book and you are not finding interesting, so just stop it. Don't waste your time reading the whole book. Uh, you might have paid five hundred bucks for it, but the ten hours which you will waste on it is more expensive than the five hundred. Expensive. People have a problem with that, uh, and I find it really useful to read multiple books at the same time. You know, sometimes you will just find so many common threads between those two books or three books which you are reading at the same time. and i think that is how you know your brain and neural networks get developed and they start making these connections and uh, over a period of time i think you know that's a skill which people should develop where you practice so much you know there is this concept of diffusive thinking where your brain works even when you are not working because you have put in so much raw material and now it's used to making these dots connect in your connected yeah so that is a skill you know if you really practice it a lot it starts to then happen on its own and i think that's one thing which a lot of reading thinking reflection letting this diffusive thinking happening and actually deliberately trying to learn how to connect the dots if you do it for a long period of time then it starts to happen naturally and i think that really helps in solving complex problems also and that's i think one of the very important skills which i think we need today right uh, because problems are harder and harder today to solve right those are no, no longer so yeah i think i have gone on and on about this like you do but yeah i cannot over emphasize the importance of reading makes sense no i think uh, this is this has been a great great insight uh, avnish and i think more than carrot lane what i actually enjoyed was the entire book bit because the way you deconstructed your learning process having multi industry exposure i was absolutely mind blowing for me and again thank you avnish so much for giving us your time and coming on the podcast it has been an honor and we hope to meet you soon as well physically <laughs> uh, yeah, sometime in the future but again thank you so much avnish for your time uh, once again my pleasure summer and uh, all the best to you thank you meet soon physically like you said for sure for sure thank you again avnish thank you so much thank you summer bye bye bye